Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Good Conversation, a podcast where we celebrate the life experiences, passions, and skills of everyone and anyone. Today I have a very special guest joining me. His name is Michael Ko, and he'll be talking to us a little bit about how artificial intelligence can be used to solve accessibility issues. Welcome Michael. Hi everyone. Thanks Iris so much for having me on this podcast. It's an honor to be here today. Would you like to start telling me a little bit about yourself and what motivated you to start your voice-controlled wheelchair project? Yeah, so surprise, surprise, there's a voice-controlled wheelchair. Um, <laughs> but before I do share about that, I'll share a little bit about my family history and just what led up to that moment or this project. Mm-hmm. So I come from a family of four. We're from South Korea. I have a great dad, a wonderful mom, and a brother who's seven years older than me. His name is Daniel. And then there's me, uh, the youngest member of the family. But my brother, Daniel, he has a condition called Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a disease that progressively weakens the muscles in his body. Mm-hmm. So he used to be able to walk around, move his arms, jump up and down, like many of us here. But over time, he began to lose more muscle functionality. And that eventually led to a point where he couldn't use his legs anymore. And he had to go on a wheelchair and later a power wheelchair. Um, but about three years ago, uh, in the summer of 2017, my brother, he had a cardiac arrest due to his condition, which meant his heart briefly stopped. And from that, he lost most of his muscle functionality. So he, could, he can't move his arms anymore. Uh, he can't use his legs. He only has his voice. And even that, he can barely talk because of a tracheostomy surgery he needed to have. So... I was there with him during that time, and I saw how much hardship he had to go through, um, even despite having a disability, just that added cardiac arrest. And Mm -hmm. there's one thing about my brother and I growing up that I always cherished, and it was his power wheelchair. Um, Growing up, we would do a lot of stuff on the power wheelchair, like I would ride on the back of his wheelchair. He would take me around the mall. Whenever we would go outside to a park, I'd hop on the back of there too. We made a lot of memories on it. And for me, I wanted to keep making memories with my brother uh, in any way that I could. So looking at his condition, looking at our situation, sure, it was tough. But um, I think there's always something that we can do in every situation. And for me, that was kind of wanting to make a power wheelchair or a voice control wheelchair for my brother that he could use. Um, And that's basically where the project came from. It was just growing up with my brother, seeing the challenges that he was going through. But more than that, using the technology we have right now to try to overcome those accessibility challenges and see what we can do from there. So that was how the project started. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Michael. I, that's really incredible that you were able to create something that your brother can use to you know, do the things that he needs to do in his yeah. life. So can you tell me a little bit about how this voice-controlled wheelchair works? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so there's two main parts to it. The first one's the AI or artificial intelligence system that recognizes my brother, vo- my brother's voice. And this is because my brother, he doesn't speak like we normally do. Because of his tracheostomy surgery, he speaks more in syllables. So conventional voice recognition systems like Google Assistant or Amazon Alexa, they can't really pick up his voice, which mm-hmm. meant I had to train a personal one for my brother using his voice files so i just recorded him saying a bunch of things like go stop left right and i trained a neural network 
a neural network is kind of like the brains of an AI uh, to recognize his voice patterns specifically. So that was one part of it. And then the second part was controlling the joystick on my brother's wheelchair. So for that, I'm currently, I should have introduced that, but I'm in fourth year engineering at UBC for engineering physics. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess a little bit of engineering came in from there. I made a little device or little mechanical and electrical assembly that controls my brother's joystick for him. So he'll say a command and then uh, it'll control his joystick to move in that certain direction to move the wheelchair forwards, back, left and right. Wow, that's that's really incredible. I, I've personally worked with um, people with muscular dystrophy before and right. I've never heard of a voice controlled wheelchair before. Um, I wonder if, if this exists or if this is something that you you created um, yeah I mean I I haven't heard of a voice controlled wheelchair before either <laughs> it's just yeah. something that I thought of kind of on that summer um, thinking about what my brother still has or what he can still use and how we can use that to, to uh, help him use the wheelchair again so yeah I'm not quite sure if the voice controlled wheelchair exists but at least in Surrey there's one right now yeah Wow, that's really that's really incredible that you were able to just find the strength in your brother um, and his voice and right. create this for him. So what did you learn from creating this project? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, if there's anything that I learned from this project, it's that nothing's really impossible. Um, I think growing up, one of the biggest challenges that I personally faced was trying to understand my brother's condition. Because mm -hmm. um, when I was young, you know, all I could do was really just help my brother throughout his daily tasks, um, like help him eat his food, wash his body, just take care of him when parents weren't home. And during that time, there was always a part of me that wanted to help him more, that wanted to do more for him. But I just couldn't think of what I could do. And at those times, it felt very overwhelming to think that your situation that you're in kind of defines you, that your situation is kind of overwhelming at times. But from this project that I did over the past couple of years, you begin to realize that if there's a passion or a drive that you want to achieve, if there's a mission that you want to work for, that nothing's really impossible if you put in the effort. Um, and it might take, what? a month, two months, a couple of years to see it, but eventually you'll be able to overcome those challenges and make the world a better place too. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Nothing is impossible. I think sometimes like when you hear stories like how people, you know, can still find joy in life through adversity, I think it's yeah. really inspiring and empowering for people to think outside the box. And even when it seems like they're, is no clear way to you know find solutions or fix things you just almost have to you know break it down and think what is still possible and build from there mm -hmm. and like i think taking it step by step is really important taking it one little step at a time because eventually all those little steps do add up mm -hmm. and you find yourself being closer and closer to your goal yeah that's really wonderful that you had this motivation that through so many years you kept thinking you kept working hard and you were able to create this voice control mm -hmm. wheelchair um i'm wondering though uh it sounds like 
you mentioned that you have to take it step by step and i'm sure that there were times where it was challenging and oh yeah definitely yeah so what did you do in times of challenge when if you did experience any feelings of you know stress or uncertainty about supporting your brother how did you navigate those situations it's interesting because um a lot of the stresses and worries that i had came from helping my brother seeing his daily condition but also a lot of encouragement and motivation also came from my brother because through growing up i saw that if anyone's going through a hard time it's probably him um he's not able to use a lot of the parts of his body he goes through daily challenges but what i saw my brother do over the past years or my entire lifetime is never give up and seeing him every day you know taking it taking him seeing him taking it one step at a time one day at a day made me realize that whatever hardships and challenges that i face uh, that it is possible to push through it and so i get a lot of encouragement from my brother and a lot of motivation from him i'd say he's my primary source of just what i do or he's the reason why i do the things that i do wow wow that's that's really touching like having him be such a motivating source for your life and i'm sure he feels yeah. the same way about you and i hope so <laughs> it sounds like the bond that you guys share is really special how do you apply what you learn from your brother to your daily life and possibly your friendships i know that you mentioned you're a fourth year engineering student there must be a lot of times when your friends are stressed out about things or you might feel stressed mm -hmm. about things um is there anything that you took away from this experience with your brother that you can you support how you support your friends or help others yeah, navigate sure. stressful situations yeah so growing up with my brother uh one thing that i've learned from him is always to be thankful in the small things and like engineering students wow we go through a hard time in university <laughs> i'm sure a lot of students do but like yeah we spend a lot of late nights up uh, I, I have friends in engineering that go through rough times. I've been through rough times as well. But at those times, I think it's really important that whatever we're going through, we really remember that in every circumstance, there's something to be thankful for. There's always something that's going for us, even if it's like really small things, like being able to wake up one day, being able to go to school at UBC, being able to even study uh, at such a great place is something to be thankful for. And definitely like, you do get knocked down here and there when your midterm grades come back, when your finals grades come back. Um, but at the end of the day, I like to remind myself and my friends of why we're in engineering in the first place. And that's ultimately to help other people, uh, like my brother, like other people in the world, just to you know, make the world a better place. And I think that drive and determination goes a lot further than whatever stress or worries that we might have right now. Mm. Yeah, that's really beautifully put, really enjoying the simple things. And I like what you said about even waking up. I think sometimes in our society, we get so caught up in, you know, doing things, achieving things, making sure we're yeah. you know, on the right track. But sometimes it's like the little things, like our heart is beating. You know, we, we're yeah, not, yeah, that, exactly. but we wake up with, you know, lungs that function, our hearts mm -hmm. beat. And yeah, and that's really good to keep in mind. So when times of stress come, you just appreciate the little things yeah like i honestly think we should take more time to do it because um i have like i have other friends than my brother who have muscular dystrophy mm -hmm. and i was actually talking to them like the other day 
and he's like, hey, Michael, you know, I was really happy today because I got to wash my face. And like washing your face is something that we just do every day without even thinking about it. But it's not a given for a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. like my friend, like my brother. And I think appreciating those small things that we can do in our life and not taking them for granted uh, goes a long way as well. Mm-hmm. So I think like certain people with um, lived experiences, such as having a disability or being a caregiver or a support for someone with a disability, I think you really develop a very thankful and appreciative lens of the world because you see how certain things are um, not a given, such as washing your face, like your, your friend mentioned. Um, yeah. How do we inspire people who don't have this sort of lived experience? to recognize and appreciate the little things in life, such as washing your face and, you know, waking up in the morning? Mm. I think how we can do it is just to, just to remind them and more so just be thankful ourselves for it. Um, I think if you personally show that kind of gratitude and personally show that kind of thankfulness every day, um, it shows to other people as well. And that can encourage other people as well if you personally take that drive and that motivation to do that mm-hmm. yeah that's great that's like li- living by example and yeah pretty much yeah. that's great um just let's i want to talk a little bit more about your voice controlled wheelchair yeah let's talk about it yeah um i first of all that's incredible what you created uh again um i'm wondering what you think is the future for your voice controlled wheelchair like what are your aspirations or goals or if there's any areas that you want to further develop it Mm -hmm. yeah so uh it's interesting right now you know i've worked two years on that project and this made their year working on this project and it's perfect timing um well it may be not perfect timing but it's Mm -hmm. quarantine so there's a lot of time to work on it as well Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say for the future, I realized that working on this project, it kind of made me think about what I want to do in my future, what kind of career path that I want to go into. Mm -hmm. And it's something related to accessibility, helping people with accessibility challenges, but using the technology that we have right now. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm primarily thinking about with my brother's wheelchair. So right now it's just like an at-home project that I'm working on. Uh, pretty much every summer but eventually what I hope for my project is that we can develop it to a point where not only my brother but other people in the world um, other people that have muscular dystrophy or not just my brother's condition but who are in wheelchairs can use it as well Um, and so that's why I'm working on it really hard right now Um, for the next stages of my project right now it's voice controlled so it'll be able to follow voice commands and move in certain directions but definitely do want to think about autonomy and just having the wheelchair drive by itself in the future as well so yeah that's really cool your vision for the future of your project is i'm interested in knowing what your view on how accessibility and artificial intelligence intersect in the future given your um experience in the accessibility field as well as your experience as an engineering student Mm -hmm. so artificial intelligence it's going to be a pretty big topic in the future even right now you can see a lot of ai related Uh, topics coming out in the world Mm -hmm. but what I've come to realize through my project is that a lot of accessibility challenges that we face right now they can be solved with 
artificial intelligence. Mm. An example would be my brother, he can't move his arms, but using voice commands, he's able to control his wheelchair because there is an AI that recognizes his voice patterns and it translates that into wheelchair commands. So definitely in the future, there's going to be, I hope that there's going to be a connection between the two, or that's what I'm going to be working towards um, using AI to solve the accessibility challenges that a lot of people face today. Mm -hmm. Wow, that sounds like a very promising future. And I feel like it gives me a lot of hope because I personally work with a lot of people with disabilities as well. And it would be amazing to have technology give people an opportunity to do the things that they want in life and mm -hmm. take care of themselves and just experience what life has to offer. And yeah, there's no more sort of divide between, I guess, like more able bodied people versus people with disabilities. It's just everyone can enjoy the same pleasures and happiness in life. So yeah, sure. yeah that's really wonderful. Um, I guess you mentioned your the vision that you have about autonomous wheelchairs. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so like imagine in the future, you just have like a wheelchair, you just sit on it and it drives by itself to like a hospital or like a care home or even your house. Um, like that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty amazing. And that's what I kind of want to work towards right now with my personal project. Mm -hmm. um, voice controlled wheelchairs are pretty cool. I'm not going to lie, they're pretty cool. But uh, yeah. having something that can drive by itself in the future would be really good for people who aren't able to vocalize commands and aren't able to per se move their arms um, mm -hmm. but having a system that could transport them from point a to point b just autonomously uh, would be really important to have in the future so that's what i'm currently trying to work towards right now with my project that's what i'll be working on this summer actually to see how far i can go with that wow that's really incredible and i feel like this would be such a necessity for so many people out there i can already imagine mm -hmm. people with spinal cord injuries um, people with neurological conditions where they're yeah. able to, you know, control their speaking pattern or their um, muscle movements. Mm -hmm. So I can see how that's amazing that you're working on this. I hope that like this can be a reality in the near future and support yeah. so many people. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so as well. Um, at the end of the day, whichever way it goes right now, I'm just happy working on what I'm working on right now. Like I have a little lab in like the corner of my house. It's, it's a small lab, but yeah. I'm just like tinkering around in there working on the wheelchair. Um, and like, <laughs> don't, it's like a, it's like a process that's hard too, right? So sometimes circuits blow up, um, like they blow up pretty big. Oh, uh, like other like times blow up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, one time I had like a circuit blow up and then, <laughs> Like, my lab is right on top of a smoke detector. I don't think it's a really good placement of my lab. <laughs> but that smoke detector went off. Um, and my parents weren't happy about that. But we'll keep that a secret. Yeah. <laughs> um, in front of everyone here on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, like, definitely, there's been rough times uh, while working on my project. But my hope is that at the end of the day, uh, even if it's just one more person that's able to use a wheelchair or the program that I make then I think it's definitely worth it yeah yeah you have such a kind heart Michael working like supporting these people and I really love what you said about even if it's just one more person I feel like mm -hmm. yeah just anyone that can benefit it's yeah because like every every individual is so valuable to our community and our world um, 
And I find myself really being inspired by every single person with a disability that I meet in my life because like I come from a place where you know I know how tough it can be often for people with disabilities. And so if there's any way that I can encourage them or support them, that's what I'm that's what I want to do with my life. Yeah. That's truly inspiring. And I really love how passionate and motivated you are. Um, and this optimism that you have. So I can see that even when challenges happen, such as, you know, the blowing up <laughs> smoke detector. Oh, yeah. I feel that I can sense how, you know, motivated you are to continue forward and, you know, um, not letting obstacles get you down. Yeah, for sure. Really great to see. Uh, I just am curious because um, it, felt, it sounds like you have a really good um, support system for your brother and your family is very supportive. Uh, what advice would you give people who have a close family member with a disability and they may be experiencing some challenges? Mm. I would say to remember that every day is really a gift. Um, I think that there's a lot of challenges that come up with families for disabilities. For me, uh, personally, I had to balance a lot with school, coming home on the weekends to help my brother, helping out family. Um, and like we've, we've had rough times in the past. We still have rough times in the present too. But to remember that at the end of the day, we're, we're still family. Uh, whatever we go through, we go through it together. And that it's really important to support one another throughout the process. I mean, that's why you're family, right? Mm -hmm. Family doesn't go through just the good times together, but you go through the rough times together. And it makes you bond closer. Uh, it helps you appreciate one another more and be grateful for the things that you have today. Um, one thing I always like to remember is that whatever's happened in the past, we're living in the present right now. And the present, it really is a gift, like the name. Um, whatever things that might be going on right now, whatever challenges you have right now, at the, through it all, just, yeah, just to remember that you're still together as one family. And that's the most important thing that anything, like anyone could tell you on the earth. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's really beautifully put how family not only go through the good times and you'll you also go through the rough times together. And that was what that's what makes you family. Yeah. I think sometimes um these things people people know, but in difficult situations or when things get stressful, it's easy sometimes to almost forget these valuable life lessons. So mm -hmm. I'm really glad you shared it because I think even myself, like just hearing it again, it's true. Like we're living in the present, you know, we're, we are together. Every day is a gift. And sometimes just even saying that a few times to yourself, it resets your mindset almost and leaves you more yeah. motivated and optimistic for the days to come. So yeah, I really am excited for people to hear this because I think it'll offer a lot of, you know, peace and almost that reset of the mindset. Um, oh, yeah. No. Okay. Thank you so much, Michael, for being so open about your story and your brother's story. I think that's really inspiring for a lot of people because I know from personal experience working as an OT student, with many families, with um, people with disabilities, it's 
harder for them to potentially mm -hmm. open up and share with the world. Right. Because I don't know if society has made it a very inclusive and safe space yet um, for people to be open about people with disabilities. And I think there's a, almost a lack of knowledge or awareness mm -hmm. or yeah. understanding even about people with disabilities. So, um, yeah. yeah, could you tell me a little bit more about how being open has shaped your life and um, your family's life? Yeah, for sure. So if there's anything I love sharing about my life, it's not about me. It's about my brother because he's shaped me into the person I am today. Um, I can tell you right now that if my brother wasn't in my life, then I would not be the same Michael Co that, that you're talking to right now. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't even want to think of how I would be like, but my brother growing up with him, he's taught me a lot about determination, drive, thankfulness, gratefulness and just helped me realize my dreams and passions for the future. And so, you know, you realize that, if, especially for me as well, people with disabilities, they're some of the most incredible people that you meet here in the world because they know what it's like to go through hardship, but they also know more than that, what it's like to overcome the challenges that they face step by step, day by day. And I think that, you know, some of the most wonderful people that we have in our community are people with disabilities every time i meet a new person and i'm always so inspired by their story i'm so inspired by how hard they work in their lives despite their condition and i think it's more important that you know in our community and our societies we recognize these people with disabilities not as being disabled but having a new kind of ability that not many of us get to see uh, the term disability it's not it's it's not very like good sounding word but i think it's important to realize that people with disabilities have so much ability and they have so much potential um, and that's what i see through my brother and through the people that i meet and that's why like i love being open about my brother i love sharing about him because i want more people to know about him and just how great of a person he is yeah, yeah if there's anyone here um that's like you know, a sibling of a person with a disability or has a disability themselves, I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to meet up with you for coffee or, you know, go for, I don't drink coffee. I drink hot chocolate, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd love to, like, I'd actually really like to meet up with you and see, you know, what we can do. Just listen to your story. Um, yeah. And Hey, just want to say big props to you guys. Keep going um, and keep working hard as well. Yeah, and I guess lastly, um, could you tell me a little bit about what your favorite memory with your brother is? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> we have a lot of memories, my brother and I. Like, I remember when we were younger, just riding on the back of his wheelchair, watching movies together. Um, I'd say my favorite memory with my brother, though, would be at the hospital uh, when he was there for his cardiac arrest. So we were in the ICU. ICU is like the intensive care unit. And he was in a pretty critical condition, but even during that time, uh, they, like I visited my brother every day and at the end of like a couple of weeks, they actually let me sleep over at the hospital beside him. And I remember that night, uh, that night my brother, he, he was doing okay. We were talking for a little bit and we just decided to just watch a movie together. And there's a movie that really resonates with my heart it's called Wally -E. and Wally -E, it's like a movie about two little robots helping out uh, humanity and the earth 
and that movie's the reason why I started my project. It's oh. because, yeah, it's because, you know, like I'm a huge robot fan. I'm in engineering, but at the same time, I know that in the future, robots or like that kind of motivation for using robots to help humanity. That's what I want to do in my life. And that's why I started this personal project for my brother as well. So that night, you know, we were at the hospital, we were at the ICU. It's like not a good situation, but even during that time, watching Wally with him reminded me of what, you know, what I'm doing with my life. It reminded me of what I want to do uh, with the rest of my life and the goals and the dreams that I want to achieve. And that, night really it really set me on this path that I'm on right now so I'd have to say that's that's my favorite memory <laughs> with my brother watching Wally at like 3 a.m in the hospital oh wow that's incredible I actually haven't seen that movie you need to see it everyone here needs to see it it's such a great movie it's from like 2008 or something but I it's think I, I've seen it. It's it's I, I, I think I've seen the cover. Is it by Disney or Pixar? I believe it's by Disney. Oh man, I should know this. But I think it's <laughs> Are I you think a it's like, fan? <laughs> Oh my goodness. We need to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> or bloopers. Yeah, I feel like uh, but whichever companies it's from, it's a great movie. <laughs> I feel like I need to send them a like a shout out and they should see this podcast episode. I mean, their movie oh, was a source of your inspiration that you created something so amazing. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, wow. I feel really inspired and thankful that you were able to share your story with me. And I'm really mm. excited for so many people to hear your story and be inspired and you know maybe develop more gratitude or who knows maybe they can they would want to reach out to you because they go through similar situations in their life and you're a source of inspiration for them oh thank you yeah I mean um yeah this summer was something I actually wanted to do was start a YouTube channel just to um document or like record a lot of the memories I have with my brother and also on my Instagram I'll be posting like updates like how I did last summer on the progress of my project too. So if they want to keep up with that, they can. Yeah, that is amazing. Okay, well, I'm, I'll am i talk to you more about that and put that in the link of when this podcast uh-huh. goes live. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, Michael. Um, and I'm excited to hear about your progress and hopefully have you on again soon. That's awesome. Thanks so much for having me today, Iris. Okay, bye everyone.